How are music therapists changing the lives of people in Canada? What is the latest research and trends? You are tuned into the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast, and we will explore these questions with our guests today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian and Kathy. On today's show, we welcome Elaine Chung from Calgary, Alberta. Elaine is the president of the Music Therapy Association for Alberta and shares with listeners about her experience as a board member of the MTAA and where she sees the future of music therapy, not only for Alberta, but for Canada. Here's a little more about Elaine. Elaine has been working with the JB Music Therapy team for the last five years. So here she works with people of all ages and abilities and aims to develop a meaningful therapeutic relationship to maximize a person's potential for change and growth. Elaine is a clarinetist and she holds a degree in music education, a certificate in clarinet performance, and her Master of Music Therapy from Wilfrid Laurier University. Welcome to the podcast, Elaine. We're so happy to have you here with us today from Calgary, Alberta. Yes, thank you very much, both of you, for having me here. You are welcome. So I wanted to start off with my first question around music therapy. Well, obviously. Um, So in terms of that, what does music therapy mean to you? Music means many things to many people. And I love getting to know people through all of their intersections and all of their stories that come about through music. A person's individual preferences for music is a way to communicate their identity, to connect with another person, and to make meaning out of whatever they're experiencing. And I mean, the reason that I got into music therapy as wanting that deeper and more personal level of connection with people. That's great. I haven't really considered music in that way in terms of that intersection mm-hmm. and interests and how you can right. learn so much from someone. And so mm-hmm. did you start out uh, at a young age w- with music lessons and sort of led on that path to music therapy? Yeah, my my parents enrolled me in piano lessons when I was young, starting at four years old. Right, Um, of course. (laughs) Right, yeah. Did all the exams and everything on piano. And then in high school, middle high school, I got into um, playing the clarinet and I continued that through university. I studied uh, music education um, and then did a performance certificate on the clarinet. I did kind of like during my music degree, I did kind of a, a practicum in music education. And so spending once a week at a, at a high school and um, teaching band, teaching after school music classes and things like that. And I was, you know, facing a, a group of like a hundred kids and um, trying to yell across the room and make my gestures huge. That's <laughs> just so that everybody, you know, could understand what I was saying. And I just really wanted that more individual and personal experience and to get to know people a little bit more, which Mm -hmm. I did not get the chance to do in that setting. Right. Yeah. And then you decided to pursue an education in music therapy. That's right. Yes. Okay. Terrific. And you're happy transition from large groups of 100 to definitely <laughs> more one-on-one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, even differentiating between, you know, individual and group music therapy, I really appreciate the individual a lot more. 
That's fantastic. And so going back to the MTAA, can you tell me um, a little bit about what goes into being a board member? Lots of things happen. We have specifically for the MTAA, we have folks who have a range of experience. So from the newly certified MTAs to folks who have been in the field for, for decades. And so lots of history and lots of new ideas. I mean, we all know as, as the board, as board members, we are, you know, a group of dedicated individuals who want to create change and advance the profession. There's lots going on behind the scenes to have our association uh, serve our members better and better each year or each um, time we elect a new board. In terms of continuing education, we started a members meetup since the pandemic started, especially um, just to check in and stay connected with one another across the province. We've got folks who lead these meetups on various topics. Um, including intervention sharing, things we can do in terms of self-care, different workshops on member-requested topics like counseling, GIM, vocal skills. And of course, we have our annual continuing education day um, every year in September. We've also been, you know, revamping our website in the last year. Uh, We completely changed platforms and tried to make the site easier for folks to navigate the website, um, members, as well as the public, um, and also answering any, you know, questions about what music, what is music therapy? Mm. What do we do? What happens in a session? How can you become a music therapist? And any advances in terms of regulation of our therapists, right? Recently, we also put out a survey to our membership regarding private practice rates to align our rates with um, similar health care professions and also provide guidelines for folks looking for music therapy services as well, um, which I think is a great step there Mm -hmm. in terms of recognizing music therapy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I like the idea about the survey going out and regulating the rates and just being very clear and concise to people looking to hire a music therapist. So it's not confusing and almost leveling the playing field. And so, you know, for a client, they could go anywhere and sort of expect to pay the same and have high quality uh, music therapy services for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And did you get the results from the survey back yet to see the variances in rates? Have you? We did, yes. Okay. We've posted that um, information on our website as well. I mean, in terms of the variance, it we also listed um, things that, you know, things that might go into one music therapy session. It's not just the 30 minutes or an hour that you spend mm-hmm. with your clients. It's about, you know, the the education and the experience that the music therapist has or the number of hours that you're at one location, whether it's a virtual or in-person, whether there are special admin requirements for specific sites, you know, number of reports, whether your client requires letters about um, that they're participating in music therapy or anything like that, whether it's a group or individual session really depends on what the needs are for the particular client or facility. Yeah, just that customized client-centered service. Exactly, yes. Which can vary. Uh, Just everything you just said there. (laughs) There's so many variations, right? Yeah. 
Hmm. That's really interesting. And so in terms of connecting as a board, is that, um, have you managed to do anything in person yet uh, or lately, I guess? Not quite. No. Yeah. We've stuck to, I mean, even before the pandemic, most of our board meetings are um, online and we would meet like once or twice a year for an in-person social or definitely at our CE day or our annual AGMs. We have, I mean, because of the pandemic, we've done two uh, CE days and AGMs online, which folks have really appreciated. And we've even gotten higher attendance rates because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of those benefits of COVID, right? Trying a different model and seeing and and getting people together. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's even easier to to, you know, be there online. You can be in the comfort of your own home and and participate, right? It's interesting, just going back to what you were saying about the fee setting guidelines and surveying the music therapists in Alberta, because this is a great example of something that really is more on the local level, you know, like it it isn't something that can be addressed nationally. And there's Mm -hmm. just so much diversity and geographical spread across Canada. So I love, yeah, that you're looking to align with other healthcare and educational and other professionals offering similar Mm -hmm. services in the province and just and help support your members in that way because I know especially newer music therapists starting out that's something that we need guidance around and there are so many considerations like you were talking about definitely yeah Yeah. and then of course the other real local provincial issue that you mentioned which is regulation and I know you've had a lot of movement in Alberta which I'm curious about and that leads to my next question which is wondering where do you see music therapy going in Alberta Yeah, I mean, a big part of that right now is regulation, like you mentioned. Um, We were very keen on the college being proclaimed this summer, actually, but there's a bit of a stall now because of the change in government and different issues coming up. And so it's kind of now a wait and see situation. However, ever since the introduction of FACT Alberta, music therapy and our association has always been at the table and in discussions with other similar counseling and creative arts therapy associations and just trying to get that going a little bit more for all of us. Can you remind me what FACT stands for? And I don't know, I know in BC members would know, but across the country, I don't know that everybody would know. It is the Federation of Associations of Counseling therapists and then in Alberta. Yeah, so there's strength in numbers and coming together with that association. Yeah, really gives music therapists a voice. Yeah, and then from that became ACTA, which is the Association of Counseling Therapists of Alberta in order for, for this body, ACTA, to become the college eventually. And for your college in Alberta, will the Controlled Act be psychotherapy or will it be counseling and mental health counseling? Or do you have those details? Psychosocial intervention, I believe. Ah, interesting. And I love that. There's an openness there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So not specifically psychotherapy like Ontario does it. But I know that even with a fact 
whatever province that there might be differences between provinces there as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is another great reason why we need our provincial voice in music therapy, because these differences may seem subtle, but they're actually quite quite different province to province. And so really important for us to be and in these in these um, interviews where we're talking with provincial presidents, I'm going to be repeating myself a little bit in speaking to music therapists who are listening about how important it is to be involved in your provincial association because of these issues and because we need to come together and share exactly. our voices in this way. Yeah, and support each other in this way. I'm wondering if there are any challenges that are that music therapists face in Alberta? It is one of, or maybe the only one, only province that does not have an education training program of music uh -huh. for music therapy. And so I think a lot of the challenges stem from that in terms of finding a secure position or even, I mean, we have a few strong and long-standing internship sites. However, I think if there were um, an education program here that there would be even more, even more jobs coming out of that, maybe even more recognition of music therapists and music therapy and more funding going into music therapy. Yes, I hear what you're saying and I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, that what a difference it does make to have um, an educational institution aligned with the profession, right? Yeah. And all of the all of the support that comes along, and you know, um, recognition within the community and the province. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then, I'm going to ask you the same question, but more from a national perspective. Where do you see music therapy going in Canada? On top of regulation, I'm hoping that, you know, there's a lot more research out there. Mm. I know that many music therapists work in complex care and are in collaboration with um, other healthcare professionals. And so um, in terms of, you know, educating others how to use music with their clients, working with other um, allied health, how do we use our expertise in music therapy to expand the scope of music in healthcare. Mm. When we see, when we look at the states, we we see a music therapy, at least one music therapy program in each state. What if we had at least more, like more than one music therapy program in a province? I'm really appreciating that the CMT decided to have their journals um, open access. And so accessibility to that music therapy research, and even the readability of this research so that more people understand what exactly we're doing. Yeah, and can relate. And the exact effects of music therapy. Really great points. And yeah, I love that vision of, yes, more research. We need that uh, to support and validate what we do. Mm -hmm. And connections, like interprofessional connections and yeah. collaborations and, and training and education and how important that is to actually bring provincially. And in Canada, I mean, you hear people say in the States, like every state is almost like its own little country. And there's mm -hmm. some of 
I mean, our country is so big and every province has its own culture and its own flavor and our pro you can see that in the programs as well and so it really does make sense to have have the training programs you know Mm -hmm. more local in each province and that really I think speaks to your hopes for the future of the profession which is another question I wanted to ask you and I, I is there anything else you want to say about that about your hopes for music therapists or music therapy regulation and research and maybe in turn complete uh, public understand of what music therapy is about mm. increase funding and demand for music therapists in more settings and community programs maybe even um, standardization of training programs so that there's a bit of um, uh, more leveling out of our skills and experience i'm really hoping to see an education program soon maybe within the five ten next five ten years in alberta yeah i hope i don't know i do i am aware that there have been intro to music therapy courses and yes, that type of thing so there's certainly are seeds planted mm-hmm, exactly and, yeah and various yeah. academic schools that are interested and curious yes yes there's definitely interest and maybe perhaps it's just growing, growing those programs. Elaine, are you from Alberta originally? No, I'm not. Oh, I didn't know that. I spent, I mean, I was born in Scarborough, but I spent most of my childhood and teenage years overseas. Um, and then having come back to Canada, um, to Ontario specifically for um, my university education. And then five years ago, uh, my husband and I moved to Uh, Calgary. And that's where I officially started working as a music therapist as well. I know when I have been sitting in the Calgary airport looking out, I think at the foothills, I think, wow, what a magnificent place to live. Uh, So yeah, really nice place for, for I'm going to make that assumption for you to, to have settled and, and to be practicing. I'm wondering if there's kind of talking more personally about your own practice, if there is something that has had an impact on you in your own work that you'd love to share with us. So I work for a community music therapy practice. Our team of music therapists have access to various facilities, community programs, individuals in Calgary. One of the privileges that I have is to be able to work in the hospital ICU and also throughout the pandemic too, which is super great. There were times during the height of the pandemic where we weren't allowed to be in there because of the number of COVID patients. But even then, I really appreciated the the willingness and the eagerness of the staff there to have us continue there, especially in the ICU where patients are the most vulnerable. They might be going through um, some trauma, some dramatic changes. I think it's a great place where we can be to help those folks regain their themselves and their identities. You know, the ability of music and the relationship making within music therapy and to have that during their hospital stay, right? 
sometimes some of the staff describe music therapy as, you know, magic or I'm waving a magic wand um, <laughs> in front of the patient. And one example recently where the patient didn't know much about the patient except why he was in the ICU. I went in, he wasn't able to speak, but he was able to mouth words and whatnot. And we had a whole conversation about um, the kind of music he liked, what his family is like, the fact that whatever he experienced made him appreciate the people around him a bit more and that he needed, or we, everybody, needed to just stop and listen and try to understand what the other person is saying. So I talked to the physiotherapist and the occupational therapist the week after and exactly that they described it as me waving a magic wand at him because he appeared completely uh, closed off and not interacting with anybody prior to music therapy and so just thinking about what really went on there trying to build a genuine relationship with this person and having a non-assuming approach um, giving space for that meaningful experience to take place giving opportunity for choice and some sort of autonomy um, in the moment and just active listening and validating that per person's experience, right? Um, and I think on the outside, it might look like music therapists are just playing songs, performing, entertaining, singing to the patient, all of that. And we are doing all these other things too. Absolutely. And the mention of your team as well, the impact that you have on the environment, on the nurses, on everyone else, and then clearly the lasting impact and change that this had for your patient. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It really gives us like a bird's eye view into what that is like. And if anybody has spent any time in an ICU and knows what that environment is like, to have a calming presence playing music and, and attuned to, to the patient's experience is really quite magical to mm -hmm. use that word. Elaine, we have been so grateful to have you here with us today and are really grateful for you stepping into this leadership role, which, you know, being in your province for five years now and then stepping into the president role, I know how necessary and, and challenging these roles can be and really brave and uh, just to step into leading in this way. And um, the fact that you have, you know, updated the whole website and really with your vision created a platform that not only educates the public and does that advocacy piece that's so important, but also brings the music therapists together in, in Alberta, which is clearly needed as it is in every province at this time especially at this time i mean it's an honor to be to lead an association association like this and i really do have to credit my colleagues and my other board members in helping me bring my visions to reality i think well well done thank you so much thank you for joining us on the canadian music therapy podcast to learn more about resources from the show, please visit beyondthestudio.ca. Thanks for listening.